1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: We have the latest on Micah Parsons' thoughts of the Cowboys' early playoff exit. Dan Quinn rumors as well. And what do you think about reuniting with some of these free agents? It's hour number five, the Power Hour. G-Bag Nation on a hump day. Zach Wolchuk, Brian Brodis, Eric Chiafalo, Lucius Alexander, Carter Freeman, and you are turn it on, leave it on listeners. Hashtag Tolo. Appreciate you wherever you might be on this hump day. If you're cruising in traffic, if you're listening at home, maybe you're going into work, you're watching on Twitch and YouTube, we love you. We thank you for choosing to spend your time here with us. We got the get right warming up in the bullpen. Reginald Atatula and Chris Arnold tonight. We'll talk with them in about 40 minutes around the rim. Coming up on the other side. But gentlemen, Ooh. let's do some Cino. Cowboys news of the evening. and Well, the news today, one of the jobs is gone with Mike McDonald taking the Seattle job. Dan Quinn would accept the commander's head coaching job if it were offered to him, but the door remains open for him to go back to the Dallas Cowboys. This is according to David Moore of the Dallas Morning News. Um, Now, Quinn is expected to probably be returning At this point, we don't know if Washington is looking at him for this gig or not. He's made it known that he would be happy to return to the Cowboys for a fourth season as defensive coordinator if the commanders turn elsewhere. And they might do that. We've heard a couple other names. Maybe Aaron Glenn of the Detroit Lions, for one, could be one they're interested in. But waiting to see on officially what happens with that commander's job. It's the last job open. And then Micah Parsons for the first time since the really, really heartbreaking loss. The Green Bay Packers went to Bleacher Report to do his podcast, The Edge, with Micah Parsons. He said, quote, it's sad, man. You lose the way you do, especially at home. To go out like that at home was completely embarrassing and unacceptable. It took me a while to even be able to show my face in public. I disappeared, like, completely. He did not uh, do anything in terms of flooding the stat sheet, did Micah Parsons in that game, but he does not have any regrets of how he played. He went on to say, I say that because I don't think I could have done anything more to try to win that game. I don't have no regrets about how I performed or what I put into the game.
3: Oh, no. Is he trying to fool us when he says that? I don't don't have no regrets. Is he trying to put us in the spin
2: cycle there? Could be. Could be. In regards to Dak Prescott, he went to his defense saying, a lot of the blame goes to Dak because he's quarterback, people will look at his playoff wins, but we gave up over 40-plus points. Yeah, Where do you expect Dak Prescott to be? Do you expect him to be Superman? He cannot win games by himself. I've always said football is not a game of one man. It's a game of 22 men that go on the field, and you need to rely on every 22 guys to win that game. So I do not put down Dak Prescott. He is an all-pro. He played a terrific game did like a parson's well
0: that last part is well, just for 3 quarters they he didn't
2: you got to throw
3: that out yeah as uh as any they, they weren't
0: that defense wasn't good and the offense wasn't good for 3 quarters when the game was you know they had already Start.
2: Yeah, when Green Bay knows that yeah. they've pretty much accomplished this thing and all of a sudden now the, you're the finally metrics, able to move the football. The metrics
0: for three quarters were not good for Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, just not naturally the game flow. And not for the Cowboys' defense either.
2: No, and that right. was from from the get-go. I mean, the, yeah. that defense never got it uh, figured out. In regards to Mike McCarthy staying, Mike has said, quote, I believe in Mike McCarthy. We won a lot of games with Mike. Hopefully he can take us all the way and we drive this culture and we change the narrative that people have.
3: He also talks about the the all-in conversation.
2: Did you see this quote? Yes, go ahead. Take it away. They're talking about how we're going
3: all-in this year. Man, that's what I would hope for. I'm 24 years old. I've been in this league three years, and I've kind of seen it all. I hope we <laughs> go all-in. I hope that we go out and get the players that we're missing because we didn't do that this year. I hope that we challenge ourselves to become better and become greater for us. So uh, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of a, a shot there at the team building of uh, of the front office and the Joneses and, and Will McClay's lumped in there and just, uh, you know, them not doing everything in their power to get as much possible talent in the doors at the star as possible. And so, uh, you know, Micah lending voice to that. Hopefully that adds a little bit more fuel to their fire if they're really trying to go all in. I mean,
2: I, th- I, I kind of like Micah Parsons saying that. I don't know if they do, but. I do think this, this is a comical text from the 682, though. See, that's our leader, not number four. If a leader for you is somebody that waits to talk three weeks after the game is played, <laughs> that's a leader to you. Um, I don't think that people are, are looking at that as leadership. No. But hey, um, Mike is their best player. I don't disagree with that. But I wouldn't say that he is the leader and, and not number four. Dak. Dak took the stage. Dak took the podium and answered did every all year. single question. Did all year. Uh, afterwards. And I don't think that anybody in that locker room would say that Micah is our leader and not Dak Prescott. In fact, I know there's people in that organization that would probably laugh at you if you were to say Micah being a leader. Yeah. I, uh, I don't I th- disagree with what, what you just said. Not at all. Now, I mean, I'm glad that he talked, and and I'm glad to hear from Micah. He also, it was kind of interesting, he had uh, DeAndre Swift on the podcast with him as well. And he was asking DeAndre Swift about the, the Eagles' failures. And I'm sure that was, like, therapeutic, you know, <laughs> to just, like, hear, well, the Eagles suck, too. Uh, and they might be in a worse position right now. I was listening to KMC earlier, and they had Ross Tucker on, and, and he was right. I mean, I do think maybe I would feel a little bit worse, but then again, they just went to a Super Bowl, and the Cowboys are still searching for that. But in terms of going all in, uh, we've had some of the conversation. Will they end up being more aggressive in free agency? Well, ESPN ranked their top 50 free agents. The Cowboys do have two that made the cut. Their top free agent is Tyrant Smith, he's listed at number 20. Uh, And then number 46 is Tony Pollard on their list of top 50 free agents. They write, number six? He's number 46. 46. Oh,
3: 46. Holy smokes.
2: They write, in his first season as a lead back in Dallas, Pollard rushed for 1,005 yards, averaged 77 scrimmage yards per game. I expected higher numbers, especially since Pollard produced just three touchdown runs on 17 carries inside the five-yard line. He fits best in the backfield rotation, where his workload can be managed to maximize his dual threat traits. Former Cowboys that are in the top 50. Can I say something real quick about
0: Pollard? When you look at Skip Pete, who's now the running back coach at tampa he 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 alerted us in training camp that Tony Pollard as the bell cow running the football solo type guy, was not going to work he He told us that wasn't going to work, that you had to pair somebody with him in order for him to have success, you know, and so. There were there were people that there were people that knew in that organization, and you know they moved on from Zeke and you know, we we you know they tried some other running backs and stuff, but you know that that Skip Pete, like I say, on the way on the way out, he he said this that's not going to work. Yeah, he can't be he that did. guy. He told us he can't be that guy. And, he did. And but you know you kind of moved on. I mean, there was a couple of a couple of situations though where. I'd like to know who who said going short at linebackers the, the right thing to do now maybe that's a Dan Quinn deal where he says listen I'm playing a lot of nickel I'm playing a lot of dime you know let me carry more safeties we'll get by you know you're gambling with van Der Esch in his health no mm-hmm. I'm yeah no it you know, that and and Layton when he plays he's fine but he that's you worry about that all the time yeah they they made some they made some organizational decisions that cost them this year that they thought that they were going to be able to 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 overcome and they couldn't.
2: Sure. Uh, former Cowboys that are mentioned in the top fifty free agent rankings, Chido Ouzie, uh, number 29, who ended up going to a Super Bowl with the Bengals a couple of years ago, signed that three year 21.7 million dollar deal, returned from a 2022 ACL injury to post an interception, three pass breakups, fifty-seven total tackles. He is not only has man coverage skills to challenge on the perimeter, but also fluid movement traits. Then you got tight uh, tight end Dalton Schultz at 39, offensive lineman Connor Williams at 43 on the list of the top 50 free agents. He, of course, tore his ACL in December. But blogging the boys put out some free agents the Cowboys could reunite with this offseason. Would you like to see any of these former Cowboys come back to Dallas? And if you wouldn't like to, do you think that they'll likely sign them anyway? And we start with Ezekiel Elliott. Knowing you need a running back, do you think that they reopen the Zeke conversation?
3: Man, I, it, it, would not be, it would not be shocking. I don't even think it would be surprising to me if they did. Um, I don't know that that's something that I would necessarily uh, be trying to do, but I could. I don't know. Am I crazy on that, Rodis?
0: No, I don't think you're crazy.
3: I think that I, I, I don't, could, man, I could I, smell a reunion.
0: I could, you could absolutely, especially after the way he played. Now, they're going to need to get a veteran guy, but they're also going to need. And the, the problem is, though, this is not a slim year for veteran running backs. I know we went through them. Remember, we like had like Zach
2: Moss. Yeah, I would we, much rather have a we,
0: Zach Moss. Swift. We had, we had, there were several. Singletary. Yeah, there were several names that we were all thinking about for $3 million or less. That we would like to have. Heck, Dawson was going to five million dollars to get Henry. Sure, I with with those names. If it was a slim list of free agents, and a you know, and a slim list like it is right now with, and yet we will figure out the running backs in college. Yeah, there's some good ones. Some good ones. There's some good ones. Some guys I like, but not like we saw last year.
2: So yeah, I yeah, I don't want any part in that, but I could see the Cowboys maybe doing that. Yeah. Um. Now there's Cheeto as well. Uh, I don't think they're going to go down the Cheeto well. I don't know about you if you guys disagree with that. I I think think that's a no-go. The one that I do think uh, this could be possible, Cedric Wilson, who we had talked about as maybe a trade target because he wasn't getting much playing time with the Dolphins, especially if they were to move on from Michael Gallup to try and save some money for the cap. Cedric Wilson's a guy that you know Dak Prescott likes, uh, knows the has played in the offense before, has had success for you. I could see a reunion with Cedric Wilson possibly happening.
0: Tell you what, man, he's a he's a fine player when you start to talk about his ability to do a lot of things. Bill Parcell's always believed in what he told me this. He said, Hey, when you take these guys to the game, how many snaps are they gonna give me? You know, he gives you snaps on offense, he gives you snaps on special teams, he's a solid, dependable player, he's got football intelligence. You could do far worse than having Cedric Wilson back on this team.
3: Yeah, I, I agree there for sure. Uh, the two one four.
0: I say Cedric Wilkes. What did I say? Williams? Cedric Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson excuse yeah. me. Yeah.
3: Two one four says you guys are crazy. Draft a running back, and no, well, I think, well, that's dra- what we all. Yeah. No, no, no
0: you're going to draft. No, yeah. you're going to draft a running back, and they're going to get a veteran running back. Yeah, like you are going to do
2: both. Right. This is one of those drafts where eventually I think that you can draft someone that turns out to be your bell cow, but yeah. as a rookie. There's not a bunch of headliners that you're like. I'm turning. I'm giving you the keys to my backfield. Not, not you kind of all. need a compliment at least to start the season yeah. until that rookie emerges. Right, right. That's
0: you're what gonna,
2: you need to do. You're going to need both
0: a veteran and a rookie.
2: Yeah. Uh, the other two names would be Michael Jackson, who was a corner they drafted out of Miami a few years back that mm. ended up being a starter with the Seahawks. Like really Six good, one yeah. two ten. Yeah. Uh, and he's been with Detroit and Seattle, but he's probably going to be the odd man out there in Seattle because they've got Kobe Bryant, Devin Witherspoon, and uh, Tariq Woolen who's fantastic. He's a chippy guy. I mean, maybe he's someone they look to bring back, and then Noah Brown's a free agent. I'd be surprised if Houston didn't want to try and bring back Noah Brown. He seemed like a pretty good fit there yep. with, uh, with with the Houston Texans. Then we've got the Senior Bowl and the Shrine game going on. The Shrine game will be tomorrow night at 7 p.m., the East-West Shrine game. Uh, we've got a couple of players that you can kind of keep an eye on. Edger Cooper linebacker from Texas A&M. Yes. We'll have the draft show tomorrow as well, starting at 11 a.m. on DallasCowboys.com. Where, Another, where do you get that A&M linebacker? I think he's a second-round guy, but he's probably going to go high second.
0: Yeah. He's going to be somewhere somewhere between 30, I would say 35 and 40. Would be my guess. Is this he'll Aggie? probably be
2: the first linebacker off the board? Would be my guess.
3: Is he injury prone guy? You say these no, linebackers are. He's the one. So healthy. He's pretty
2: clean. He's the one he healthy is. guy, and and he's a big guy. He's six three. He's Two got 30. rushing ability. Yep. Uh, he got can, ten he, sacks. He's he's a really good downhill player. Yep. But he's got. I I think he's kind of got potential in coverage. You know, as he grows as a player. But he's, yeah, he's he's a really good rusher. The guy that can cover is our UCLA guy. The UCLA kid's really good. I like him quite a bit. Where do you get the UCLA linebacker? See, the UCLA linebacker, I think, is, what, fourth round, fifth round?
0: Probably third, fourth round
2: guy. He's, He's a little bit smaller, a little bit shorter stature. But uh, he's he a linebacker. From Hawaii, but he's a linebacker. He's, like, a linebacker, he's an instinctive yeah. guy. Yeah. He's, a hole, he's yep. a hole plugger. He's a hole plugger. Sideline
3: to sideline.
2: Oh yeah, getting All, off blocks. Yes, that's maybe the best thing he does. He's fantastic at shedding. Good instincts. Good instincts. Knows where to be. Knows yep. where to go. Yep. Okay. He's up there along All with right, my you have attention. Gray. Uh, Mason McCormick is another guard transfer from Hawaii. By the way, he's a trench from Hawaii. Mason McCormick, a guard from South Dakota State. For those of you interested in offensive linemen, six four three ten. Uh, My guy Christian Mahogany from Boston College. I talked about him on the draft show. Dude,
3: I love a good Mahogany anything. This dude's a big boy. The Mahogany lotions or bars of soaps or like any of those Mahogany aromas are usually 10 out of 10.
2: I know, uh, Brian, you love Mo Camara from Colorado State, and there's a lot to love about him as an edge rusher. He's in that game as well. Jordan Travis is interesting. He's not going to play, but he's been at the East Rest Shrine Bowl, quarterback from Florida State. Uh, And then Malik Washington, a wide receiver from Virginia. True slot wide receiver. transfer from Northwestern. Really didn't have much of a career at Northwestern. Got
0: to Virginia and completely took off. Was the best player on a bad team. Virginia was not very good in football this year. But super productive. And he's got a running back body. So when you watch him run, I mean, he's running through people, run after catch. People are bouncing off him and stuff like that. So he's... He's got some toughness to him. He catches the ball really, really well. But it's mind you, it's been one year of production, mm-hmm. you know, because the Northwestern stuff was not great. Everything, everything that he's done to get him to this current level happens to be what he did at Virginia.
2: Yeah, and then uh, of course at the Senior Bowl, you got both Texas defensive tackles who are studs, Byron Murphy and uh, T Sweat. They're both awesome. Sweat. Who did Sweat
0: break in half today? I, I was seeing Twitter. I couldn't see who that was. Sweat, sweat broke
2: somebody in half. Oh, it was violent. Yeah. Uh, I did see JPJ. He came back out. John uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, the mm-hmm. Oregon center, whom we all love. Duke, uh, and then Barton's not playing. The Duke kid, Graham Barton, he's out there, but he hasn't been practicing. Um, but that, those are two guys that the Cowboys are going to be eyeing at have 24. You,
0: have you seen, I'm just talking about a linebacker, have you seen Colston at Michigan all? Michigan kid? Michigan kid. Michigan dude's good. Colson. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's a big body, man. There's another guy though, like I said, that's a 247 hundred forty-seven pound guy. But you say the word Michigan in draft around here, people lose their damn mind. They sure
2: do. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a stay away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Colson, Colson's probably a third round guy. I think yep. that's where,
3: kind of where I had him. What's yep. the position for that Michigan guy though? He's a linebacker. Yeah, he's, a linebacker. he's a linebacker. He okay. no, he's
0: a legitimate, and he played. He played a, a lot. Well, the last several weeks of the season, he played with a cast. Tough. On, on his left hand. I mean, fully casted left oh, hand. Like Thomas he's glass-style kind of At, dude. Yeah, tough he, tough yeah, as hell.
2: Really tough. And against Washington, he was making a ton of tackles yeah. in that national championship game. So, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a fun player. All right, coming up next, let's go around the rim. How, NBA, how the NBA has changed. Ben Simmons' quote, always a fast break. Pat Beverly, uh, LeBron, Embiid's scrutiny. We've got a lot to get into here. Let's go around the rim next.
4: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: What do you say we hit you with a little rim sesh here in the G-Bag Nation, ladies and gentlemen? We'll crosstalk with the get right coming up here in about 15 minutes. But right here on your home of the Cowboys, home of the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. G-Bag Nation is going to go ahead and cut the lights out. We're going to put the kids to bed. We're going to go all 56 inches around that rim. It's always a special occasion when the Mavs are playing the number one <laughs> seeded Western <laughs> Conference team, the T-Wolves. And they're going to do it without Luka Kyrie, Lively, uh, Derek Jones Jr., and Dante Exum. Oh, man. It's a Hardy Party, THJ, just, you know, it's a a get-yours kind of night. Hardy's going to jack up all the shots he can possibly jack up, and then, you know, of course, THJ is going to do the same, and we'll see if they can only lose by single digits.
0: So that leaves us Hardaway, Grant Williams, Hardy, Mm. Powell, Mm. Curry, Green, Right, is that where we're at? Are we, and Lawson, is that kind of where we're at? I'm pretty
2: excited for uh, the Holmes game tonight, boys. Rashard Pro, Holmes prosper in this game About too. To this prosper? Maybe, yeah, Omax will. Yep, he's get getting some, some get run. Hundred percent.
0: Maxi Kleba? Damn, we got a shot tonight.
2: Yeah, we got a shot. We're gonna we're gonna take him down. The shorthanded Mavs are making this. What's happen. the
0: line in this game? I'm Hardy's be, going I'm for thirty.
2: THA's going for forty. I bet- think the
3: line's like twelve or thirteen get, points.
0: Do you think? Do you think they? Can cover?
2: Do you um, think that like the, do the I think they can cover? Is that do, a serious question? Yes, do, I do. Do
0: you think that like the Timberwolves would like shut it down? You know, and backdoor uh, cover,
3: shut it down, let's go home. Yeah, yeah, I could see a potential backdoor situation, but that, but that's it. I don't think this isn't this isn't going to be a competitive four quarters. Yeah, all right. Speak for yourself. Uh, and it's tough to. I mean, you know, it, it, I don't. I don't blame them for it either. I mean, my gosh, It's just you're without half your guys, dude. So, uh, that is what it is. Uh, But we got some other things to get into here. The first of which is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's banged up, and he's trying to win that MVP. He's, uh, yeah, he's he's trying. He's trying to win that MVP. He's he's missed some games here um, over the uh, over the weekend. Everybody was upset at him because he didn't play in Denver versus the Nuggets and go toe to toe with Jokic. And apparently Embiid just has a thing. He does. He like he doesn't want to play in Denver. Be, I, I'm altitude. guessing. I'm guessing it's just the altitude. altitude. But he he hasn't played there since 2019. Yeah. Um. So any chance he's gotten over the last three or four years to play there, uh-uh. um, he hasn't played. Maybe he's legitimately injured at that time. Um, or maybe he just doesn't really want to play in that altitude. Doesn't want to go toe to toe with Jokic. I don't know. Uh, but I did see that. Um. So here's here's a list of players that over the last 10 years have played more games in Denver than Joel Embiid. Watch this. Kobe. Oh no. He retired in 2016. KG, Kevin Garnett. What? He's played more games in Denver over the course of the last 10 years than Joel Embiid has and KG retired in 2016. <laughs> Tim Duncan, he also retired in 2016. Manu Ginobili who retired in 2018. Dirk Retired in 2019, D. Wade retired in 2019, and Vince Carter, who retired in 2020. All of those guys have played more games in Denver over the last 10 years. That's stunning. Than uh, Joel Embiid. So he started hearing it a lot. Everybody was starting to be like, come on, dude, you got to play, you got to play, you got to play. And he's up against the new rule that says you have to play at least 65 games of the 82 regular season games in order to qualify for all NBA and for any individual awards like the MVP. And he's certainly Embiid a a candidate for that. And so Sam Amick in the athletic reported that, you know, people within the Sixers organization believe that Joel Embiid forced himself to play last night versus the Warriors. And he was clearly hobbled. He he didn't look like himself. Um, And so the quote is you, you could see it long before he was hurt against the Warriors, Embiid, who missed Philadelphia's game at Portland on Monday. He also missed the weekend game in Detroit. He looked like a player who pushed pushed himself to play against Golden State because the whole basketball world was sort of screaming in his ear. There are people within the Sixers who are convinced that he played only because of all the scrutiny. So, and everybody's sort of railing against this new rule of the 65 games mm. uh, to qualify for the awards and whatnot. And the players of course are not going to like this. Draymond Green speaking out. Tyrese Halliburton said it's a stupid rule. Um and in a league where the players sort of I mean it's the it's a player run league. Um, you know, this is one of the few rules that is not necessarily pro player yeah, to, to it's an trying extent.
2: Help with the, you know, the load management type of stuff. Players just not playing and the tanking, I guess. But I mean do you do we think it's working for that? When the the rule might have already kind of failed,
3: yeah. Um, I mean, there's plenty of folks that would say it's a it's a bad rule, and I get where the NBA was trying to go with it for sure. Like I, I understand what they were what they were going for. It, it might not be, you know, they, they might need to clean up a couple of things about it. Um, but. You know, I, I, I do respect where the league was coming from on it, at
2: least. Yeah, because they do need to try and do something with the load management you're trying, issues. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to limit that. Play from less games. a consumer games. and a fan. But yeah, maybe that is But they, but they is won't the do that because of TV.
0: No, they won't. They won't do that for advertisers and, and home TV. home games,
2: the money that you get, yeah. the, the concession sales, all the ticket sales, all that. Yeah, they're not going to do that for the money reasons.
0: If they played, if they honestly played less games...
2: The I product think, would be better. I do
0: believe the product would be better, and I think more stars would play. I think you're right. I think they would. If they if they knew they had to play, say twenty games less, you know, that might be that might be a, that might be get the game going where it needs to go. Yeah.
3: Well, um speaking of a guy who doesn't really play, we mentioned Ben Simmons yesterday, uh, because he made his first in game appearance in uh in like two or three months for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, now two nights ago, and he hit his overs. He actually played pretty well. And uh, I remember yesterday letting you know that he was quoted at one point as, as saying, as soon as I checked in, I told them, you know what time it is. Yeah. So he was he was uh, he was playing with some confidence or at least trying to muster up some confidence. But then I saw another quote that Ben Simmons allegedly had uh, at one point during the game uh, or after the game. He says, quote, it's always a fast break when I have the ball. So shout out to Ben Simmons, man, uh, who is definitely a guy who was dealing with some confidence issues. I think I think he's gotten with maybe the sports psychologist and they're like, hey, speak, speak confidence into existence here. Uh, But unfortunately for him, he tweaked his knee in his first game back and uh, he went from being questionable for tonight's game to officially ruled out. Uh, So there's a there's a level of consistency there that you have to appreciate. Mm -hmm and consistency is the mark of a champion. But, yeah, he apparently developed some swelling in the knee, and so he played one game out of the last 38, and then, boom, he's back on back on the injured list there. So we'll see if Ben can make another appearance here uh, at some point soon for the Brooklyn Nets. Did you
0: know that Ben Simmons yes. and Joel Embiid went to the same high school?
3: No. Wow. No, I did not. In Australia?
0: Well, no, he went to school in Florida here, high school in Florida. He's, he was born in Australia, this Mount Verde High School, in Mount Verde Academy in Mount Verde, Florida. Damn,
2: Mount Verde. they're recruiting their balls off over there. Yeah, but that's awesome.
0: Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, because I, I was looking at both players, and you know, if you look at the pro basketball reference, it says both these guys went to the same high school.
2: Wow,
3: that's a that's a that's stunning. I didn't know it. I was
0: curious how many games Ben Simmons has played in his career. In five years, how many games do you think he's played? Uh, that's a good question. Just okay. regular
3: season games? Just or? regular, yes.
0: Just, just career games, I guess it was. Because he's only played seven so far this year. Seven games this year. Yeah. But he's been in
3: the league for five yeah. years.
0: No, he's, he's. I feel like he's really, five years is what it says.
3: Maybe in the last five years is what you're reading. Because I think he's been in the league longer than five years. When was he drafted?
2: Ben Simmons.
3: Um, yeah, what what year was he drafted? Cuz I believe he was drafted in like wasn't it like 2016?
0: 27? He was at LSU. He was
3: Yeah, 2016 first round, first yeah. overall. Yeah. So Yeah, so I mean, so that's I guess that's like 8 years, right?
2: Why well, they say they say experience five. Maybe cuz he's only played five cuz he missed some years due to injury. Okay, so, they, so maybe they're actually
3: counting years where he may Like actually appearance. played. Yeah, cuz there were some seasons there where like I don't think he played at all. Okay, but I mean, he's been in the league since 2016. In 2016, yeah. So, I mean,
2: milk. my he gosh, de- dude.
0: Debut was, yeah, October 18th
2: of 2017. And he held out. I mean, there was a lot of, man, that's. I don't the,
3: know. I'd I guess he's played like probably, 200? yeah, like something. This is 324.
0: All right, that's more than I thought. That's a lot more than I thought he'd played. I kind of felt like he was probably a 200 guy.
2: Well, I think his first three years in the league were pretty solid. Like, I mean, he was he was he was looking good. We looked like Ben Simmons was gonna be a good player. Uh, and then all of a sudden things really went downhill for him. Good player. In a hurry. Yeah. You know, we do have the Mavs starting lineup. Oh, let's you ready for okay. This? this is this is incredible. Jaden Hardy. Hardy party. Grant Williams. G Willie. THJ. Jim Spinarkel. Josh Green and Rashawn Holmes. That is your Mavericks starting five tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Say it again one more time. It is Jaden Hardy. Okay. Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway Jr., mm-hmm. Josh Green, and Rashawn Holmes. Mm. That's must-watch television. That right is there. going
0: to be a barn burner, baby.
3: You talk about Embiid and, and Simmons going to the same high school brought us. To, you, are you the most famous person to come from your high school?
0: No, I don't think so. Uh, WT White High School, Scott Verplank, the professional golfer.
3: Oh, Scott Verplank. I I, I mean, listen, I got a lot of respect for Scott and, and all the Verplanks. but
0: Yeah, I think there's... I don't. I don't think, I, I think, don't think, I think the planks are
3: going toe to toe with the I think, Protestants. I
0: think we've had uh, we've had baseball players that have come out of there. Let me think. W T Y. I don't know who. All, I
3: mean, I, I, most famous. Yeah, you are, W-T-Y. dude. You got a Super Bowl ring on your finger right now. Yeah. Okay. You're a champion, and
0: very few people can say that. Most. Uh, you guys talk about yourselves. I'll out. Okay. It. How about I, this? I've already
2: got it. Don't worry. How I about I it? It pulled up because I'm a uh, you know I'm good at this. I'm not on a yeah, well, well, off, it. Terrence Williams. I mean, come on. Terrence Former Williams, right there. You go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we've got Gene Barrett. When you, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Terrence Gene. Williams? Uh, it's the scooter. <laughs> it's the scooter. Yeah, 100%. It's the scooter. Uh, we've got Gene Barrett, former NFL offensive lineman, played with the Niners from '73 to '80. I'm going to say Broadus is better. What about Trey Beeman, former MLB outfielder?
3: Outfielder, yeah. Well, that's Willie Beeman's brother. David, I gotta go. I, I think Beeman's better. I think Willie was probably Sorry better.
2: Uh, David B. Croft was an no, actor. Broadus is yeah. better. Vice Admiral John G. Cotton, former chief of the United States Navy Reserve. That guy's way better than me, right? He's he's boat racing your ass. Yeah. Brian Holiday, MLB baseball catcher for the Tigers. Yeah, I
3: think Broaddus is better.
2: Karen Hughes, U.S. Undersecretary for Public Diplomacy and Public Affairs. Huh. That's that's a lot of words. Calvin Murray, there you go. Calvin Murray, MLB outfielder. Uh, We've got Johnny Simmons, who is an actor. Jason Smith, offensive tackle for she the Rams. Second, second overall, overall pick. pick. And oh. Taylor, never. And ne- he had never played. Huge what? bust. Yeah, huge bust. And then bust. Scott Verplank. Somebody needs to add Brian Broaddus's name to this. Nah.
0: That's crazy. You're not on that list. You're not on the list. Hell no. No hey, look, All these people are way f- more famous. That's disrespect, anymore. bro. You've got a damn Super Bowl yeah. ring, bro. Yeah. yeah, that's disrespect. How about the so. Alumni Association? Yeah, I mean, that ain't happening. Tell them put some respect on your name, Broaddus. No.
1: Well, you no. said no What are you saying no for?
0: It's it's not. You important. work for these accomplishments, man. Yeah. Stand on business. Am right. Stand
2: on business. Hype him up, Lucius. Yeah. That guy's pretty Put down the on himself. Battery in your back, dog. We're good, man.
3: Did you guys see this Tony Snell story? Snell no. Uh, Snell no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was good, thank you.
3: Tony Snell, uh, and he's most known for having one of those bagel box scores
1: oh. where he plays. You
3: know, thirty minutes or whatever, and it's zero, zero points, zero mm. rebounds, zero assists, zero blocks, zero steals. Just kind of doing cardio and whatnot. But he's been in the league uh, for for quite some time, and he needs to sign with an NBA team by Friday oh, in to order to get pension, in order to compile a tenth year of service for oh, the Players man. Association's Retiree Benefits Program. And it's actually hugely crucial for his family because he has two sons with autism. So he's t- he's gone and he's talking about it. He's saying this hell? is really something like that I truly need to Why don't the Mavs sign him tonight? For his uh yeah.
2: tell me Tony Snell couldn't give you some minutes?
3: That's a, a great call, can dude. You do tonight t- would have been the night.
0: Can you do a ten day contract for these things? Why not? Would he get his would Will he that qualify? Will he get his pension then?
3: Man, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know what exactly. Because yeah, could I just sign you and then cut you? How long do you have well, to even 10 be day here?
0: Contract, right? Does that count? It does seem like with
3: Mark Cuban being like sort of the Good count. Samaritan, like helping Delonte West, yeah. he's doing the pharmaceutical stuff. It's he seems like the perfect uh, owner, even though I guess he's not the owner anymore. Perfect <laughs> guy in some level of power in an what? organization. He'd be yeah. like, hey, let's bring this dude in. Snow- and tonight would have been the perfect night. Yeah. Tonight would have been the night, man. The Maverick. He could have st- Tony Snow could be starting for the Mavericks tonight. He could be. So ho- keep hopefully THJ
2: coming off the bench,
3: we we need to put the NBA feet to the fire and, and get this guy
2: signed. Uh, Tony Snell, you know Tony, Tony Snell, Tony Snell, Tony Snell. Tony Snell. Snell.
3: Did not the world champion Texas Rangers kind of do that for somebody this year?
2: Oh uh, yes, it was. Uh, my gosh, poor guy got hurt. Uh, Miller, Miller, Brad Miller, Brad, Brad Miller,
3: Brad Milley. You know what I'm saying? Like let's 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 do one. Let's figure it out for our guy Tony Snell.
2: There's a little rim sesh for you. Let's cross talk with the get right next year in the nation. Thank you, Lucius. Time now to crosstalk with the Get Right. We've got Reginald Atatula and the three-time, three-time, three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold here with us as we wrap up the G-Bag Nation. Fellas, how the hell are you doing on this
4: hump night? Yo, what's happening, fellas? Well, is it, bully? What it do? What it do it you do? guys have coming up on the show?
1: Uh, at 8.20, we talk to uh, beat writer, or Mavericks beat writer for The Athletic, Tim Cato. Ooh, And yeah, so we're excited to talk to him. And then... Also uh, at seven twenty, what advice would you have for sports broadcasters? That you know, there's some broadcasters having advice for Tom Brady, who's going to be taking over <laughs> in the Fox booth uh, yeah. coming next season. He'll first season he'll be in there, and then he'll call a Super Bowl. So going to be really interesting. That's amazing, for Tom Brady next
4: year. You're paying him thirty nine and a half million dollars a year.
2: It's insane. Uh, what do you I mean, do? You guys expect Tom Brady to be good? Are you excited for, to see what
4: Tom can do? He could easily wind up Joe Montana. I mean, he could, you don't know what you're going to get. I will say this, they're paying him all that money because they expect him to do all these corporate events and do anything they need him to do besides just be on the air. Uh, on the air, uh, unfortunately for him, Greg Olson has turned out to be pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah. So how are you going to just automatically be, I'm Tom Brady, and be better than Greg Olson?
1: I think the the one hope that you have to have as the as a viewer is that Tom Brady's like notorious work ethic translates because yeah. that's one of the things is we get into this sports realm and there's a lot of athletes who think that they're just going to get up here and talk and not put in that same level of effort and, you know, at, at their craft and it shows. And so you hope that he also views this in that same way and he takes it that way because he clearly has like the football knowledge that you would hope oh, yeah. to him to, for him to bring to the booth. And that's really I think what most people are looking for is just Give me some insight into what's happening on this field right
0: now. I think we'll know very quick because him being on that first broadcast, I mean, with Fox, that's a Dallas Cowboys broadcast. It seems like Mm, a lot. So, as a a fan base, we'll know very quickly if Mm -hmm. Tom Brady's, I I think you're onto something, Reg, the way he preps, you know, I I think Tom Brady is going to want to be very good at this. Mm -hmm. So, I'm interested to hear, like, when he has thoughts about production meetings and what he learned and what people, Tom Brady, you think people are going to tell him quite a bit.
1: Well, early you know, on, especially. Yeah, yeah. Now, where it gets interesting is what, the further and further you right. get away from being on the field and you have yeah. all the scouting reports right. and now you're actually having to do, like, advanced study and you're yeah. having to really uh, interpret what's happening on the field. I think that's another, a different level of this. But right out the gate, I'm interested in seeing what it looks See, like. See, this
0: is well. where Tom Brady making, what, $39 million? Is that what mm-hmm, you said? $39 and
1: a half. Tom,
0: Tom Brady needs to hire an army of, like, Crusty scout guys and gals, or whoever want, and that can help him break down film. I mean, I know mm-hmm. that he knows how to break down film, but to get all his, to get all those uh, the numbers, the next gen numbers, mm-hmm. and everything like that, put together, you know, scouting packets for him. That's how he prepared. Him and yeah. Belichick would sit down, mm-hmm. and somebody would hand him like, "Okay, this is who you're playing against this week." I mean, he knows all these people, but here are the numbers, here are the metrics, here's everything. You know, that those kinds of things. I mean, he he's got the money to be able to to hire a team yeah. to be able to help him with research every week. Well, Aikman, I mean, Aikman does yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah he, he, does. he also
4: has to have the chemistry with his partner. Now, yeah. one thing he did say was it's not gonna be a three man booth. He was recently quoted saying, Trust me, this was it's not gonna be it's gonna be him and Kevin Burkhart, and that's it. It's not gonna be three people in the booth, which should help with the chemistry because I feel so bad for Jason Witten and the train wreck that was Monday Night Football yeah. because ooh. you had Boog down Boog. on the field in that yeah. Boogmobile <laughs> where I thought the biggest problem for that Monday Night Football, you had three new guys that all the audience was like, okay, who are these guys? And they're all trying to convince. They might have got along fine off the air, but they're trying to convince the audience, I know, oh, I know, and they're stepping all over each other, mm-hmm. and yeah. it wasn't natural the way Romo and Jim Nance were because they had a yeah. relationship before, they, before Romo joined. That him.
0: problem, though, with that Joe Tessitore yeah. Like a two-yard play is like the greatest play ever exactly. with him. Everything He's is a boxing that, guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it is mm-hmm. a, it's a four-yard run, and you'd swear <laughs> they oh, just— Oh, big left hook. Alan Amici He's just down. ran in in the yeah. 58 <laughs> championship game. I felt you
4: bad know? for Whitten because it was like everybody was expecting him to be Romo, and right. he had no room to talk. Sure, And when he did talk, he would say something like, some rabbit out of his head, yeah. you know. And unfortunately, blood on his open. elbow. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He pulls a rabbit out of his head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I feel bad
3: for Tess, Witt. Wit, and Boog. Yeah, Tet Tess, Wit, and Eboo, boog Eboo, Eboo, Eboo Didn't, didn't
4: Darjee do a song about that? <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. right. Choppy did do a, a Tess Wit and Boog man. song. That was a banger. What do you guys think about the short-handed Mavs tonight? <laughs> they have no chance to beat Minnesota <laughs> with none of the big. I mean, I don't know if they will. They score 100 points. That's a good question. I, I mean, feel Minnesota's, I like, Minnesota's got the best, one of the best records in the league, and they're in Minnesota, which they have the best home record in the league. Well, and, who shoots more? You think?
1: Right. Well, I mean, Hardy I or THJ? THJ's getting his shots up, okay. right? Like, I don't know how <laughs> yeah. how much green or a light could be at this point. It's probably a different color at this point, seeing as it's so green. But no, I, I think you mentioned all the reasons why the Timberwolves are really good, and I feel like you stopped short of one of the ones that's also going to apply here. They have one of, if not the best, defensive ratings. Yes. in the league as well. Like uh-huh. this is going to be tough. There's a lot of size on the floor, and you already mm-hmm. were dealing with that. Like, oh this I look if they if they put up a good effort, I'll be happy. And honestly, I, at this point, for me at least, I'm looking to see the various pieces that you have as question marks this season. What kind of development? What kind of things That's they give you on a start? You're looking to yeah. see who can help you down the road. And a couple of
4: about a couple of weeks ago, when they played up there, no Luca. Kyrie led them, and they almost beat Minnesota. And then when the Minnesota came down here, I was like, you know what? I think they can beat Minnesota because they almost beat them up there, and they did beat the Minnesota T-Wolves in Dallas. But you have no Luka, no Kyrie. And I think Tim's going to shoot for seventy-five points, dude. Yeah, He's well, try his well, own. We, we said like I think
3: this is the the best opportunity for the Wilt record to be broken, and the, the record we're discussing is 100 the hundred points. No,
4: the field, field goals attempted, field sixty-three yeah. attempts. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah sixty-three. That's field the goals number attempted. sixty-three. Woo.
1: I think he go for sixty-four tonight. I'm I'm with you. Let's watch history. If you're going to lose, at least. Be historic about well, it, right? All right, I'll, I'll try and keep an eye on that. You know, throughout the evening on the get right, I always try and keep folks uh, abreast of what's happening. Thank you. So, well, I'll, it's I'll I'll try for your
3: and Tim Hardaway Jr.
2: <laughs> that's
4: right. No that's Carmelo right. update. It's not right. the THJ update. Tim's gonna
1: score. Tim's gonna score seventy,
2: <laughs> and Cats gonna score sixty. Let's go. <laughs> Look forward to listening to you, fellas. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo, Brian Braddis, Lucius Alexander, another five hours of flawless broadcasting. Carter Freeman holding it down as always, until Till tomorrow with the G-Bag Nation hugs and hand pounds, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans
1: spend 4.4 hours with audio
2: every day. Oh, and you want the proof?